The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. It continues to be a busy time in EMU athletics. Alex Jewell, little sleep for you and I, but the show must go on. Another week, another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Greg? Before we get into what's coming up this week, let's take a quick listen to last week's rundown. Women's golf finished fifth at the Agaming Invitational as Alyssa DiMarcantonio won the event in a playoff battle. Women's soccer, they were on the road at both Moorhead State and Kentucky. They fell in both contests, losing 1-0 to the Eagles of Moorhead State and falling 5-1 to UK. It was volleyball. They were in the Windy City. They gave everything they could to Virginia Tech, falling 3-2. They also lost to St. Louis 3-2 and then lost to DePaul 3-1 as they will be back in action this week as volleyball's on the road. They're in Lynchburg, Virginia at Liberty. They'll have Radford, Coppin State as well as Liberty. This week, we'll also see cross country back in action. They'll be bound in Bowling Green at the Mel Brott Invitational. And then it's also lacrosse getting things going. They will open their fall ball campaign in Allendale at Grand Valley uh, this week. That's your big look ahead. We also have men's golf there right now in action down in Huntington, West Virginia at the Marshall Invite. It's going to be a busy week for football. We talk about that with Coach Creighton today, Greg, and uh, a lot of things to try to improve on. A lot of good that came out of that game, though, at Louisiana. Of course, not able to break their longest winning streak in the country, but a lot of positives to take away. Had them on the ropes for a while, up 14-0. Lightning delay certainly doesn't help things. The quarterback change uh, that Louisiana had in the second half Proved a, a big-time differential for them as the second cue uh, proved problematic. But the defense uh, was put in some, some sticky situations due to turnovers, especially in that fourth quarter. Uh, so playing with four, short field a lot, Louisiana was able to take uh, accordance with that and really do a masterful job picking apart. But their win streak continues, but the score a whole lot closer than what it truly indicates. Yeah, I think so. And and again, it's a tough challenge to go on the road to play against a team that had the winning, uh, the longest win streak in the country, still does 15 games, 11 straight home games for Louisiana has won. Now, Greg, that's that's not to make excuses. I know Coach will be the first to tell uh, the audience today that, that he doesn't like the performance that was put together in the second half, that there's a lot to build on. We'll let his comments speak for themselves because I know you've got an interview with him coming up on this show as we do every single week. But I'll also tell you, not one of the things as you you have to bury what happened last week. It's over. As Coach Creighton would say, you have to flush it. Now the focus has to turn on to this week, Greg. Another big game for Eastern Michigan. And by the way, if they want to keep a nice streak of non-conference road wins alive, I think it's been every year since 2015. Of course, 2020 doesn't count because there was no non-conference games in that uh, in that season with COVID. But if, if Coach Creighton wants to keep that streak alive that uh, he's been building on since Wyoming in 2015, then they're going to have to take down a Pac-12 team, a Power 5 team in Arizona State who had a lot of questions coming into the season but has added a lot of good talent, a quarterback transfer from Florida, a lot of good running backs and, and wide receivers as well on the offensive end. And I think one of the biggest challenges is too, Greg, we talked a little bit about it last week. You know, it's hard to go across the country and play 
against a team like Louisiana in the bayou, hot and sticky it certainly was. It might be even harder to get back Sunday at 5 in the morning, have to go through your preparations, and now you basically double that trip out to the middle of the desert where game time, it looks like it could be up over 100 degrees at, even at 8 o'clock at night in mountain time where uh, we'll play in Tempe, Arizona on Saturday. It certainly will be. You talked about non-conference wins. Creighton has 17 of the Eagles' 48 uh, non-conference triumphs since 1976. That's 35%. But the heat will be a factor. A lot of people talked uh, about, oh, cramping and everything last week. We didn't see much of that. So sports performance did a masterful job as we talked with Deontay Mack, who you'll hear later in the show as well uh, as we interviewed him to get himself ready. He took over, of course, if you remember last year, we talked to him on the Eastern Sider when he first arrived. But this year, first time in football season, talks about their body, their changes, their ability to get ready for this game and playing in the heat. I, I point blank asked him, I said, what do you do when you're waiting around a hotel for all day long? Because the last thing you want is them sitting and just sleeping or whatever else. So he's going to talk a lot about that and keeping their mind and body going. Yeah, that interview, of course, aired as part of the WEMU broadcast at halftime of the game against Louisiana, but Greg, it was good content, so we wanted to make sure we got it run through the podcast as well to give everybody at home that didn't catch the broadcast. It was pretty late on Saturday night here on the East Coast, and so if you didn't catch that, it's going to be rerun today as part of our podcast, so make sure you listen to that because Deontay Mack has made a lot of changes to this uh, strength and conditioning program with the football team, a lot of focus on uh, cardio, staying more healthy, staying more prepared to play in these types of situations when it comes to heat and, and uh, humidity, whatever it may be. And we've seen the results early on. So a great conversation that you guys were able to have on that. And then, Greg, you know, we've talked a lot of football in the first couple of weeks of the podcast. We know that, of course, it's, it's a lot of heavy football right now, but we do have a lot of other sports going on at Eastern Michigan. And so in the coming weeks, you're going to start to hear a lot more from other coaches and student athletes around programs from uh, the university. And Greg, you got a chance this week. You really, by the way, are, uh, are taking a lot of the airtime lately because you got another chance to sit down with a women's golfer this week. And uh, I know she had quite the performance. Yeah, I'm going to have to start uh, being quiet and letting you do some of these interviews. But yeah, I talked to uh, sophomore Alyssa D. Mark Antonio following her win at the Agaming Invitational to start the campaign. It was her first win as a collegiate student athlete, just on about what it took there. It took three playoff holes. But quite honestly, talking to her uh, beforehand, she thought on 18, she needed to make a birdie putt just to force a playoff. Instead, that birdie putt would have actually won her the tournament. So uh, so she was upset. She thought she missed yeah, it. Yeah, she thought she was out. Oh. She thought she was done. And I guess that's not a bad consolation prize. Yeah, so instead you go into a playoff, but she would have won it right out with uh, with that putt. Instead, it goes to playoff. She wins it anyways. So a great conversation with her. Of course, she's Canadian. Uh, hasn't had a chance to have her parents watch her a whole lot. Uh, so they will get the chances coming up at the Shirley Spork, which will get going in the, the first week of October after homecoming. So uh, a great thing ready to talk to her today and, and about the win. So it's a pretty loaded podcast. We've got a big show for you. So we're going to get you out the door after a few quick announcements. Remember, Coach Creighton coming up. He'll talk about and diagnose some of the issues from the Louisiana game. We'll also talk about the Arizona State game coming up. Deontay Mack, Director of Strength and Conditioning Sports Performance here at Eastern Michigan, will talk about some of the changes he's implemented and how you're seeing that on the field of play. And then a women's golf interview as well to kick off some of our other sport coverage that we'll be doing plenty of here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. But Greg, before we get to the interviews, a few housekeeping items. First and foremost, remember, 
Homecoming is just a few weeks away, but even before that, next Friday, September 24th, or excuse me, September 24th is a Saturday, uh, Eastern Michigan football is back home, and they take on Buffalo that day, so it's a good chance to get your family out. It's family weekend. It's going to be the annual Beer Fest game, and there's also a new implementation this year of Classic Car Show that's coming to the factory, so it's a great day to bring your family out to uh, the most affordable family fun Division One athletics experience you can find here at Eastern Michigan. Bring your family out to Rainierson Stadium. There's going to be a great chance to see upwards of, it sounds like close to 20, maybe even more classic cars uh, throughout the concourse and up on the terrace. So a great way to interact with some of Southeast Michigan's strong history. It will be. It'll also be a chance if you come out to be on national television. CBS Sports Network will air the contest at noon uh, uh, that day. So come out to be a part of it. You also have the option to uh, catch the EMU volleyball team the two days prior as they open their home campaign against Toledo on Thursday. That's the 22nd. Then they play the 23rd, also at 6 p.m. at the George Gervin Game Above Center. So a busy week. But yes, come out family weekend. Enjoy Beer Fest, everything. Noon kick means you got the all rest of Saturday to get stuff done. That's right. I love noon kickoffs. I'm over here like pumping my hands in the air. So that is coming up, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And then, Greg, homecoming is just one weekend after that. And there's so much going on on campus. There's so much going on around it. We should mention Stan Heath, the men's basketball coach, has brought back the men's basketball golf outing. There is still time for, to register for that, Greg, and it's going to be a fun day on Friday, September 30th. Of course, the homecoming game is that following Saturday, October 1st against UMass. But Friday, there's still a chance to sign up for the men's basketball golf outing. I have heard through the grapevine that there's going to be legends from Eastern Michigan's past from all different decades that are going to be out there. Jim Streeter will be back? Well, that and some, I think maybe Jim Streeter, I do know for a fact he'll be out there. Uh, He's a legend from our office. But legends that played men's basketball here are going to be out at the event. There's going to be a great setup, breakfast, lunch, a dinner afterwards, a ton of great prizes. Uh, United Wholesale Mortgage is the title sponsor. Game Above has stepped up to help out. There's a lot of great things. Great chance for you to meet Coach Heath. All the players are going to be out there as well. So a lot of exciting things. So if you're looking for more information, go to emueagles.com or go to follow men's basketball on social media. A great chance. The price is $165, I think, per golfer. But I'm telling you, what you get included with that is an incredible day. Uh, and then so it should be a lot of fun. For all of the homecoming updates as well, make sure you stay involved with the emueagles.com. Look at the university website, all of the fun stuff that's going to happen. And then, of course, come out to the football game on uh, September or October 1st. And remember, it's the return of the All Sports Reunion. That's been a big deal. So no matter what sport you played here, if you're a former student athlete, register now for the All Sports Reunion. Great chance to catch up with some of your old teammates, the current teams that you played for, all of the former student athletes at Eastern Michigan and the administration and coaches. So all that going on, I think I hit my talking quota in this open. Greg's going to take care of the interviews for the rest of the show. So Stick right here. Big show, big things coming up at Eastern Michigan over the next couple weeks. As always, appreciate you listening. Let's take a quick time out. Back for more with Chris Creighton right after this on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Whether you're in the D or out at sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Eagles will head to the Valley of the Sun this weekend for a battle with Arizona State, Eastern Michigan, as uh, always, the conversation with EMU head coach Chris Creighton following his team's trip to Louisiana. Coach, your team able to, to rush out to a 14-0 lead 
in the first half, two really good sustained drives in, in that opening half of football. Offensively, you wanted the fast start. Was that the drive that you, you and your team really were hoping for out of the gate? Well, I mean, it ended up resulting in a touchdown. So, you know, obviously it was really different than, than week one. You know, we were three and out. <clears throat> this was a 14-play drive, you know, seven and seven in the air, seven on the ground, and ended up scoring. And we took about seven minutes or so off the clock. And um, so, yeah, it was good. Uh wasn't perfect, but it was more like we want to start a game. I know the outcome's not what you wanted, but it, it's building blocks that are so important. And this is a, a Louisiana team that's won five Sunbelt division titles in the last decade. They're predicted to win again. Only two teams in the last six years have shut them out in the first half. Alabama, the other one's Georgia State. Your team able to do that in the first half. What does that say about the improvements this defense was making before they were put in some awkward spots oh, in yeah. the second half? No, again, our defense, I think again played played so hard and and played so well. Uh, you know you can't give the other team the ball five times and not a good not a good offense right. like that. So obviously we weren't able to sustain that that really high level of play all the way through. But you know I told our guys last night you know if we're going to have a two mile race and um, you know the two of us are going to race two miles and I said okay you take a mile head start you know, yep. four laps you know you've already got done. It's not possible. You know, um, for me to win, but it's it's highly unlikely. And I just and there's you know there's watching the tape and and all of that, but there's also just being out there yep. and knowing you know the the physicality, the intensity, and just you know how how guys were locked in and all of that, and um, you know all of that was. Uh, was really, really good. Yeah, it, you know, I, hey, hats off to Louisiana. Those guys know how to win, and, and they they won again. And, you know, it didn't even end up being close because of uh, how we turned the ball over. But so you can't take away the turnovers because yep. the turnovers happen. But I also, you know, again, we can make that an anomaly. And if we're not not turning the ball over, you know, I, I absolutely think we got a chance to win that football game. Yep. There, you know, I, I just do. A huge, huge, huge part of that game was – was turn the ball over and we got to figure that out. When you look at turnovers, some of them are are on your own side. I mean, is it pressing? Is it not holding the ball in correct spots? What were what were your takeaways from some how those turnovers happened? Yeah, well, I mean, the two fumbles, you know, at the very end of the game, you know, uh, Sebastian, he, he actually had covered up the ball. It was one of his first carries yep. of his career. Uh, and they tackled the ball. I mean, they just ripped it out, but he had it covered up. Yep. So technique-wise, there wasn't a whole lot that we would really change on that. Um, on Haas's fumble, if you, I think you could, you could see this, that he had the ball when he caught it on his loose, on his hip. Yep. It took him a couple steps to actually control, 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 it, yeah. control it. But then he did. And he had it as if he would normally carry. He just didn't go high and tight. He popped his elbow and the guy made a great play. He punched it right out, just like you're hot. Um, so that was a technique error um, uh, on that. You know, and then, you know, Taylor's first interception, he just threw the ball, uh, you know, on a deep out late. Yep. You know, it was a flat player and the way that they play it, you know, they try to put hands on number two and then and then really just turn and run to get to the flat. And it's so the ball. He just could see the ball being thrown across his face and had to cover a lot of a lot of ground. His last one was a scramble situation towards the end of the game. And, you know, a guy got a hand mm -hmm. in, um, popped the ball up, and, you know, they made a play um, and, and picked it off. Um, his second interception was on an RPO. Uh, we had a little bit of an issue with our split. Um, and because of that, it took a little bit longer uh, for the – 
what we call a glance yeah. to develop and the backside safety, you know, was able to come from the backside and make a play and undercut the, the glance or the post um, to pick it off. So, you know, all things that can be corrected uh, for sure and have to be. Yep. This week's opponent, the Sun Devils of Arizona State, listening in your press conference, talk about them. They're coming off a, a game 34-17. They fell at Oklahoma State. But you talked about their physicality. They're big. They like to run the football. Would you say they have similarities to to more Big Ten style than, than say, Pac-12 style, just with their wanting to run the football, not so much spreading it around? Yeah, I mean, so I think it's, it is more like an NFL mindset. Uh, so, you, you know, I don't know about Big Ten or whatnot, but, you know, it's two contrasting styles of play with, with Oklahoma State. Yep. You know, Oklahoma State was going fast, um, you know, throughout the entire game. You know, they'll spread you out. Um, they're, they're throwing the ball, but it, they're also running it, but mainly out of spread sets and whatnot. Well, Arizona State, I mean, they're, they're under center some, you know. I mean, and they're, they're uh, handing the ball off and, and coming off the ball. Um, and they'll also, you know, do it out of the gun and, and read it. But uh, yeah, it is a like I was saying in the press conference. It's it's they're they're physical. It's it's not one of these deals where, um, you know, they're just going to spread you out and try to attack space and uh, attack matchups and, and whatnot and, and try to run the ball on space. Turn home for a couple of kids on your squad. Stephen Bird from Arizona, Darius Laster as well. But it's also a chance for Jose Ramirez, who originally started his career at Arizona, to return back home. So homecomings for those guys and, and special parts of your team as well. Yeah, it's always neat, you know, when you can go back to a state where guys are from, especially when it's outside of the, the Mac footprint. <clears throat> You know, last week it was it was neat for uh, Richard Bates. He let us out with the wrench. You know, his um, hometown was just minutes away from from where we played. I think he had sixty five people come to the game. You know, it's just uh, it's awesome. So it'll be fun for those guys. Coach, appreciate your time as always. Best of luck this week against the Sun Devils. We'll have the call on WEMU and the Varsity Network as our podcast continues uh, here on the Eastern Sider. After this, there's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast, your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. We're joined by the Director of Sports Performance, Deontay Mack. You come to this program in the fall. You've previously had stops at Indiana, Kentucky, Akron. You know what it takes to take on the biggest levels at the SEC and Big Ten. What's it like for this transition to you to come to Eastern Michigan and take over this program? I think most importantly, uh, taking over here at Eastern Michigan has just been analyzing the culture that we've had. You know, the, the commitment to excellence, uh, ideologies and philosophy that Coach Creighton lives by as far as being E-Tough. That's been the most welcoming thing to come in and have a team that's ready to work. And the things that I wanted to do and the things I did right out the door was really just getting those guys to believe in what I was trying to do. And really, that was just speed development and uh, coming with an approach of Olympic style training and Olympic weightlifting specifically. And uh, those guys have seen those numbers and seen what type of athletes they've become because of doing those things. And, you know, it's been easy selling it to them and coming in working hard every day. For many years, the, the, the buzzwords were always bigger, stronger, faster. Certainly, mm -hmm. you want your guys to do that, but you want them real rounded, want them to have those bursts of, of athleticism and energy. Mm -hmm. 
What have you tried to do as part of your training and changing the culture here that you've talked about? Absolutely. Uh, first thing I did when, before I even got here was I really just, I wanted to look at the tape and see who we were. And before we know where we want to be, I wanted to see exactly what I was dealing with. And for me, it was just simply making these guys more explosive, making them more reactive, making them more powerful. And the way I go about doing that is just my Olympic style of, of training and really just focusing in on what makes our athletes great. And that's speed, speed. Everyone wants to be faster in some yeah. form or fashion. So with the, the knowledge I've had, been able to garner over the last few years, uh, working under some great mentors of strength coaches and learning from at Indiana, Kentucky, and even at Akron, just taking all those things I've learned and all those experiences, bringing them here to Eastern Michigan, it's been really easy for me to get these guys to believe in that system. And you know, each and every day, updating these guys with the, the speeds they're hitting, they're seeing the GPS data, they're seeing, you know, what they're doing in the weight room, the numbers speak for themselves, but you know, just the athletes they're becoming. And uh, I think that we're just scratching the potential, scratching the surface on the potential that's uh, being unveiled in our athletes and our uh, specifically the athletes here at Eastern Michigan right here now. Here with Deontay Mack, uh, Eastern's Director of Sports Performance. I know Coach Creighton talks a lot about Jordan Crawford and his <laughs> change. I mean, he was a guy that could only play a few snaps at a time, had to take a break. He's changed his body. Samson Evans, faster. Hassan yeah. Beydoun, faster. What do you look at for some of those guys and what they've been able to do and what really stands out at you for uh, who's made the biggest improvements? Absolutely. I mean, it's really easy for me to say who's made the biggest improvement is, you know, Jordan Crawford. I remember walking in the door, I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, is he, you know, what is he? Just looking at this kid, he was kind of heavy, uh, short, and kind of stature, but you could tell that he has some physical breath to him. But I was just like, you know what? You'll be you'll be the guy that's going to make the biggest difference this, this winter training block, just because I knew of our program, what it was going to do for him. And I saw that every single day, him getting tested in the weight room, him pushing himself past the threshold of what he thought was previously his limit he, he pushed himself every single day and then you know this guy was 350 some pounds and now he's down walking around at 315 and he's playing and moving fast I mean he's hitting 18 miles per hour on the GPS and it's like man there's no way you could have done any of that stuff when I walked in the door so to see him do that and him doing it on a daily basis that's that's the best part about training that's the best part about development and then a guy like Samson you know Samson and Haas those guys are epitome of you know having great work ethic getting those guys to just come in every day that's the easy part but just selling them on you know what it's going to take for them to take their games to the next level well like i said speed speed Haas was like, you know, coach, I want to get faster. Can you help me do that? And I was like, absolutely. We're going to do this by, you know, increasing your rate of force development. We're going to learn, teach on how to run properly, run with right mechanics, running how to hit the ground properly with great arm strike, great, I mean, great foot strike, yeah. but great arm pump and all those things. And uh, Samson is just I don't know, a guy I can't rave about enough. I mean, he does everything correct. So just the little things for him were just make the biggest differences. And really, honestly, just him getting stronger, him getting stronger. I feel like, you know, I walked in, I was like, you're powerful. But you you still more you could be a lot stronger, especially in his lower body and his upper body. He he made you know 40, 55 pound, 40 to 55 pound jumps on his bench and in the, on his uh his leg power development um just in a simple offseason. So I'm excited for him and where he's going and what he can do for us this year. As a former football player, you've been around it for so long. That line, both offensive and defensive, everybody looks at for mm -hmm. size. And Eastern's mm -hmm. got a, a pretty big offensive line comparative to the rest of the league. What does it take for those guys really to win that battle up front when it comes to 
to the sports performance side of things? Absolutely. It's, it's really simple. Strength and power. Strength and power. I mean, you've got to be strong. I mean, late in the fourth quarter, strength is what's going to prevail you. But early in the first, it's going to be power. Everyone's going to see how you're knocking people off the ball, what, how you translate your hips, how you strike people. Uh, you know, that's one thing I, I will say. You know, we guys got, got guys like City. We got guys like Dooley and Marcellus and all those guys up front, man. They're strong. They are strong. They're powerful. Those guys, have, when I got here, they didn't do a whole lot of cleaning, cleaning power cleans and things of that nature, but now they do. And um, just seeing a guy like City clean 350 pounds and Marcellus clean 340 pounds and even Dooley. You know, uh -huh. Dooley's coming along, his strength his strength development. And, you know, our defense aligned the same thing. Those guys have gotten stronger and more powerful this offseason. You know, we spoke a little bit about Crawford, but we've got Peyton Price, we've got Alex Merritt. All those guys have made significant gains in their strength. And, and you can see in the way they're playing, they're playing, they're playing upfield you know they're they're penetrating they're hitting gaps and um you know jose you know he's got he's got a great motor but he's even gotten a heck of a lot stronger yeah. this offseason so uh you know i never say sky's the limit really your mind is and those guys have the mentality has changed that what they can accomplish in the weight room and what they can take to the field coach creighton has really talked a lot as well about how you and him decided to take some breaks during fall camp giving mm -hmm. some guys time to rest up recuperate that's also allowed their bodies to not take as much punishment yeah. but you look at these new next two weeks, this week at Louisiana, next week in the sun in, in Tempe. Uh, what does it take from a hydration perspective to keep these guys safe and healthy? Absolutely. The number one thing is going to be the team that can recover the fastest and the team that can stay hydrated the most. And that's what's going to make the biggest differences in these two in these next two games. I mean, the guys who are most high, the team that's most hydrated is going to come out hopefully with the with the win as the outcome. And I think that that we have a great plan in place. Uh, our sports dietitian, uh, registered dietitian here, uh, Emma Gorski, she's helping me with that every single day, making sure these guys are staying hydrated you know, and fueling, you know, what they're eating, the carb intake, uh, what they have to give out in and out of practices, how fast we can get a recover, you know, whether it be cherry juices, Phone rolling, things of that nature. We want to make sure that our guy, our guys have the utmost opportunity to go out there and be effective and come out on top. So those late night games, how do you also keep their bodies functioning? Because the last thing you want to do is lay around a hotel all day long right. and then be like, okay, flip a switch, let's play. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of predicated to our schedule, you know, I want to get those guys up, you know, get them up early, have them on a regiment, have them on a schedule, you know, get them up, get them used to around those same hours that they're usually up doing stuff. And then, you know, some part portion of the day, get them up, kind of move them around, get them through some type of mobility circuit, uh, let them get on some foam rollers, let them get on some cross balls and things of that nature. Then when we get to that stadium, it's about getting primed, getting activated, you know, we're going to do something to get us going a little bit. And then once we hit that field, it's all about dynamic mobility and, you know, getting our guys in the right mindset and the right mindset to go out there and tag. Our time's running short, but I wanted to ask you one more thing before we get out of here. Earlier this year, you're lucky enough to, to take part in a, in a internship program with the NFL. You were able to go to LA and work with the Chargers. Yes. How'd you get that opportunity? And what kind of experience was that like? Uh, it was a blessing. Uh, just, you know, that coaching staff, that experience, uh, Coach Staley, uh, working with Anthony LaMondo, his sports performance staff, the, the sports medicine staff, they all were great and very welcoming. That opportunity came about. Uh, something I wanted to do last year, didn't have the opportunity to just because of the window, but this window, it actually fit within our schedule this year. So I reached out to them. I said, hey, I really wanted to do mm -hmm. this and had to go through all the uh, the protocols as far as submitting the video, making sure, you know, you get accepted into the program and all that. And then once it came to fruition, man, it was like, let's go. And once I got out there, um, I mean, they just welcomed me with open arms and let me kind of do what I do as far as being a, a strength coach and, you know, kind of bounce ideas and concepts off of them. And, you know, that was such a great learning experience. And I'll always be grateful for that. And uh, I wish those guys much luck this year because I know they're going to do well.
Coach, we appreciate your time. You've been an impact already. We're glad that you're here and not wearing those other colors. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, Go Eagles, man. Let's go get this W this weekend. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now, let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Not every week you get to pick up a golfer of the week and a championship, but that's what EMU sophomore Alyssa DiMarcantonio has done. Congratulations on a win last week at Augaming. Sophomore campaign, first tournament out of the gate. What was it like playing up there? Oh, well, first of all, I just loved the whole scenery of Torch Lake. It was just beautiful. The course was great. Those are my types of course. Um, Competition was great. Had some friends from Central I played with, so that was amazing. Um, Game was good coming into it. I felt confident. I just stuck to my techniques and I just played my game and I just so happened to win, which is a bonus. Yeah, I was gonna say, it took some playoff holes and you were telling me that uh, going into 18, you didn't quite know where you were sitting. Yeah, um, I actually thought on 18 green, I had to make the putt to force a playoff. Um, I wasn't looking at no leaderboard or anything like that, but... um, yeah, that putt was to win and not to force a playoff. <laughs> when you do get to the playoff, it takes a couple holes. Walk us through how how it be, ha, kind of played out. That you tied the first two and then finally it closed it out on opportunity number yeah. three. I mean, obviously I was nervous, but I tried not to look nervous. Um, but I did the same thing I did for the past three rounds, technically. I just I stuck to my routine, stuck to my techniques, looked at my targets. Nothing different, nothing special. To hear Mac Golfer of the week. I mean, there's only one selected each week, and you get to be the very first one of the year. Anna, of course, got it last year to close out the year. What's mm-hmm. what's something like that mean to you? Oh, it means a lot to me, honestly. I've been going through a little bit of a rough patch for the past two years. Last year was pretty good, but it just feels to be, it, it feels good to be back. Um, yeah, just a bonus. When you look at the sophomore campaign last year, you come in, you, you make the move from Canada, you come mm-hmm. across, you get here like the day before school starts. How refreshing is it this year to have kind of know how things are going to play out and, and kind of get into that routine? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in the hang of things as soon as I got here. Obviously, freshman year was a little bit of a change, but not too much. Coach was really helpful, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it's good to be back, good to be practicing and playing tournaments. Hopefully pick up another couple wins on the way this year. Last year, you guys were really competitive. Most of the year, the second best team in the Mid-American Conference. I know it's still the the, the chance to knock off Kent State, but mm-hmm. what is it about this team that makes this, these, this group of girls so special? Oh, well, they're all so supportive and so is Coach. Um, you know, on and off the golf course, they're just so nice and so helpful, whether it be for school. I know Anna's another biology major, so she helps me a lot. Um, yeah, couldn't ask for a better group. <laughs> when you look at your journey, you were a kid that started off in golf very early, had mm-hmm. great success. How is it, uh, you mentioned it, you've had a rough patch. When you taste success so quickly and then things are a little different, how, how much hard is it to face some of that adversity? I mean, I just stuck to the phrase, like I know it might be cheesy or her said a lot, um, said a lot, but never give up, right? If you give up, you're never going to experience something like this again. You're never going to win again. So I just kept practicing, you know, did my routines, did my drills. Um, yeah. 
and it just so happened it paid off. So last, I'm happy. Last year I got to meet your dad when oh. the, at the MAC tournament. I know he's very supportive, but I also know that your family, they've had trouble getting back and forth and not being able to see you as much as, as you'd like. How, how great is that support system that you have? Oh, it's great. They're actually going to come out and watch a Shirley sport this year. And thankfully the COVID restrictions are being lifted, um, coming and going across the border. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fun, having them come out and watch. Maybe a, my best friend, too, hopefully. You mentioned uh, the Spork here in a few weeks. You guys go to Ball State first mm -hmm. before getting the Shirley Spork. Playing this golf course at Eagle Crest uh, is, is a good advantage, but it's certainly no easy test on this track. Oh, no. It's, it's definitely not an easy track, um, but it's beautiful. And we have a little bit of an advantage technically, but... I wouldn't jump ahead and say anything, but we do have a good shot. It will be Eagles Unite weekend. All student athletes are encouraged to come out and support this team, but a great opportunity for the local community to come out and, yeah. and as well watch this team, right? Yeah, of course. All athletes come out. All right. So uh, final moments here. When you look at, at the clubs in your bag, what club was working the best at that tournament? Oh, honestly, my putter. I feel like when I putt well, my chances of being top five, top 10 are so much higher. Melissa, well, I appreciate the time. Yeah, Thanks so thank much. Congrats so much. on the reigning Mac Player of the Week honors. Thank you. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.